Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. The men's USA basketball team is still the heavy favorites, even after the loss to France and some other gold medal odds. You have the USA minus 300, Australia plus 800, Spain plus 900, France with the big win over USA at plus 1100. Visit the website today, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device and join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip off, face off, or pitch, Head over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco. And just want to let you guys know we are going to do another team preview today. This time it's my New York Giants, and we have a special guest. Is Eagles. Before we do that, we want to make sure you know where you're listening, what podcast you're listening to. Of course, this is the Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, aka aka the TCK Pod. Remember, this podcast is now brought to you by our partners over at the Believe Podcast Network. Guys, they have over 300 different episodes, uh, shows on that network. Fantastic! A bunch of you know former players have podcasts. Go check out Believe Podcast Network, and you know. Go check out our podcast over there as well. If you're watching us on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe. It goes a long way to help us. If you guys listen to us on the Apple podcast, be sure you rate and review the podcast. We really appreciate it. It goes a long way for us. But please make sure you're subscribing on YouTube and also follow us on all your podcast platforms. If you're following us on Twitter, of course, my co-host, Sky Gawasco, myself, Bobby Lamarco. You can find us on Instagram as well at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod for Sky and myself at Fantasy football X Factor. Now, one of the things I want to bring up today, guys, is, is fantasy football draft seasons right around the corner. And I know a lot of us want to talk about: Are we going to do it back in person? Are we going? To, I'm telling you, if you guys are getting your drafts back together, you got to do it with DraftWithRedZone.com. Now, Draft with Red Zone is more than just a draft board. This draft board comes with over 400 plus player stickers. If you're in a deeper league, it's a 14 teams, 20 rounds deep. You can fit a massive, massive league on that, but it also comes with an engraved ring case and a championship ring, which I think is the coolest part about the whole package. You also get a last place sign. If you have a buddy who came in last, you got a sign you can wear around his neck and he has to draft on it. Awesome. If you guys are in a league that's more casual and you want uh, cheat sheets, you actually get cheat sheets from exclusively from fantasypoints.com. So you get a whole plethora of a package, plus all their draft boards. They provide donations to kids who play uh, kids play sports. So if you guys also goes to a good cause, so please make sure you're doing that. Go make sure you use the promo code TCK for 10% off. Now, before we, before I bring on my guests, just want to let you guys know, we talked beforehand and we're on good terms as an Eagles and Giants fan. We're ready to have a good time today. I'm here to bring Nick, the fantasy football guy. Nick, what's going on, man? Evening. Good evening. Thank you for having okay. me. Dude, I'm really excited to talk about my Giants today. We've been talking for a couple weeks. As soon as I heard you're an Eagles fan, I was like, dude, we got to get you on the podcast. And now you hear I'm excited, man. I hope you have some good nuggets for us. I got some few, bro. I got a few. All right. Awesome, man. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. So, yeah, man. So let's get right into it. Well, first off, how it does, and everyone knows what do these team previews, I break down 
Obviously, I'm going to talk about the Giants first today, warm things up a little bit, talk about how some great moves uh, the Giants have made this offseason. Of course, I think one thing that has to be highlighted about the New York Giants is that Saquon Barkley's back. Thank the good Lord he is back. We're super excited about Saquon. We also bring in guys like Kenny Galladay, which, you know, he's going to give us that elite number one, bringing in Kyle Rudolph as well. And Booker, uh, Devontae Booker to back up Saquon Barkley. So they've done a lot of work to surround him in free agency, but then they also went in on the draft, right? And Gary Brightwell, another running back in the sixth round. And of course, Kadarius Tony, the first round pick. Something moving up front. You got a little bit of Cam Fleming and Kevin Zeitler are both gone. They are replacing those guys in-house. So the offensive line might be a little bit of concern going into year two with Jason Garrett. Now, before I get started, let me just get you quick thoughts. Do you have any two cents on Jason Garrett? What are your thoughts overall about Jason? Because he is a Cowboy and he comes to the Giants. So what are your thoughts? You've seen a lot of Jason Garrett. What's your thoughts about him? I actually like him as an offensive coordinator. I, I, you know, he didn't do so well as a uh, Dallas Cowboy coach, but not a lot of guys have done very well lately as a Cowboys coach. I mean, the last guy yeah. that really did something good was Jimmy Johnson, probably. Um, I like that. I like Jason Garrett for you guys, man. I do like him. Um, I think he's he's sound. He's logical. He's creative. Um, I think you guys can do well with the pieces that he's brought in and, the, 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 you know, the upper echelon, your general manager, like you just mentioned, Kenny Galladay, man, he was, he was going, I think top five last year before everything kind of really happened, you know, in some leagues, he was, he was going top five wide receivers. I saw him go over Deandre Hopkins in some drafts I was in last year. So I like Kenny G. I like Kenny G and uh, I'm kind of always been on the side. I might take some heat for this, but I've always kind of been on the side that a receiver can make the quarterback when the quarterback's not that superior superstar quarterback. If you have a good, good wide receiver like Kenny G, he's going to help Daniel Jones along a lot. I Listen, I agree to an extent that, that it does work. Mitch, ask Mitch Trubisky, though. I don't know if Allen Robinson could – he tried. Allen Robinson was a beast. But I you know. might be right. I just think I that it was the missing piece of the puzzle, that elite number one receiver. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. dive into that in a second. But that number one, that true elite guy, now sets up the rest of receivers to be in better positions. Sterling Shepard kicks inside to play the slot, and that's better for him. And also you got Slayton on the outside, who's a great deep threat, and he's going to be a fantastic third option. So now mm-hmm. you're taking away those top corners away from Slayton. You put him on Galladay. Galladay can beat those top. I think everybody's in better position to succeed this season. But let's dive into it. Let's talk about yeah. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones last year, 17.1 points per game. That was the QB 29 and six points per passing touchdowns. Not going to get it done. Uh, currently, though, there seems to be more optimism in the industry for him. His ECR currently is 21. His ADP is QB 21. He's going just outside the top 150. Now, I'm going to give you my two cents about, about Daniel Jones. I mean, this is – so when I was looking at Daniel Jones, I really – when I think about it, it's a, I, I always talk about the second-year leap. And when you look at coordinators and coaching teams, uh, coaching staffs, it takes about a year for the passing game to really take off. And the good example is look at last year, Aaron Rodgers, for example, second year with Matt LaFleur, he went up 9.4 points per game and six points per passing touchdown leagues. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, second season with a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, up 7.1 points per game. Kirk Cousins, technically the second year with, sorry, my screens keep going on. Let's know what's going on. <laughs> Kirk Cousins in his second year, technically, yes, Gary Kubiak, was a senior advisor, but that offense stayed uh-huh. in place. Gary Kubiak, Kirk Cousins with a 3.6. Matt Ryan, 
With Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley last year, only played five full games with those two guys on the field for the entire game. He averaged 26.9 points per game with those guys versus 21.2 the previous year. We see this growth in the second year. That's what's going to happen this year with Daniel Jones. Um, the question is, does that, that 17.1 turn into 22 or does it turn into 19? I mean, I don't know. I know there's going to be growth. But the other thing about Gary, like you brought up, there was 13 seasons he was the head coach or, or offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. In those 13 seasons, he had 10 QB1 finishes yeah. for quarterbacks. That's Tony Romo. That's Dak Prescott. So it's proofs in the pudding. This guy is yeah. – whatever you think about Jason Garrett, I might not be the biggest fan of him, but when you look at the data, he's produced QB once. 11 yeah. of – yes, 11 of those guys were – it's 11 of 13 seasons in points per game were actually in the top 12. And also nine of the 10, uh, 13 seasons, there was top 10 finishes. So we're not talking just fringe top 12. Inside the top 10, nine of 13 seasons. So from looking yeah. at that data, I just think to myself – with the weapons around Daniel Jones, he's going outside the top 20 quarterbacks. He's going at pick 150. This is the type of quarterback, if you decide to wait completely, and you draft like in the 12th round, 13th round, you're going all in on late round quarterback. He's a great QB too to see what the upside is. And the thing is, if it doesn't work and it doesn't improve, you only spent, what, a 14th round pick on him? You can dump him in two weeks. So that's kind of why I'm, I'm actually – I'm keeping an eye on Daniel Jones. I think he's someone you can draft at the end of your draft as a QB two. If you're if you don't draft one of the elite guys, I'm not going to say you draft Kyler Murray in round five and then you draft Daniel Jones. Don't do that. But if you yeah, wait on quarterback and you're taking a shot on two, that's what I think. So, what are your thoughts about what uh, Daniel Jones and your feelings overall into 2021? Man, love the stats you brought. Amazing. First off, awesome stats. Um, very, very sound logic with all that. I actually am a big person of myself. I love how you're trending comparisons. I love that because I also agree with the second year leap, especially with the continuity. They got care, continuity of care now. So mm -hmm. Jason Garrett's, you know, just like Andy Reid, man, like you just brought up those 10 years of quarterback once. He's like a quarterback whisperer. He's going to get Daniel Jones. The thing I love about Daniel Jones, if Saquon comes back healthy, same kind of thing why I like Sam Darnold a little bit this year. You know, maybe we'll get to see Sam Darnold that we never got to see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but what I'm getting about yeah. is Daniel Jones, right? Dumps off a pass to Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley houses that. Guess who, for fantasy, guess who also gets all those points? Daniel Jones. 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 <laughs> yes. So it's, it's going to, like you said, everybody's in a better position to succeed. Yeah. So barring injuries, barring injuries, man, I like it. Uh, I'm optimistic about Saquon. He, his thighs are, you know, I, I did a big write-up on, you know, ACL injuries in the history. So history kind of is against him, but he's, he's, he's evolution, man. If, if, if he's a, if, if one person's going to become a comeback, it's going to be him. Yeah. hundred um, percent. I love Kadarius Tony on your team too. I'm a big fan of Kadarius. I've been taking him in all my dynasty leagues I can get. Every startup dynasty we've done this year, I got Kadarius Tony on that team, most most likely. So I'm a big, big fan of Kadarius. You know, I'll say this too. The thing I like about what the Giants is now they have depth too. So if, for example, there yeah. is an injury, let's say Evan Ingram goes down, you have Kyle Rudolph, who's an established red zone threat and a good blocker. He's someone that can step right in and be a solid player for them. Then on top of that, if one of the main three guys go down, you have Kadarius Tony in waiting in the wings. He's probably going to be yeah. the wide receiver four going into the season. So. Quality depth is also a, a nice security blanket. That's why I just mm -hmm. feel like Daniel Jones 
is probably. I mean, Saquon Barkley makes everything better. So I agree, man. That little dump off the 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 Saquon. You know, that's that's fantasy points yeah. for Daniel Jones too. Yeah, he does. And you know, Kadarius Tony, man, he he's got he really improved his final season in, in the Gators in the U. He uh, his hands are like glue. He's very very hard to t- tackle in the open field. Um, I can see him doing punt return, kick returns for you guys. Um, he's going to be a slot wide receiver. He's he's going to benefit. He's going to be like an Anquan Bolden type of player for you guys. He's going to be he's going to okay. have a big. He's going to have his big boy pants on from week one, and uh, like he's he's going to lay some hits on some guys. I love his physicality. I'm a big fan of Kadarius. It's, it's going to be hard not for me to root for you guys this year. It really, really is. Oh, that's so sweet. I love like, this. Hey, like I said, like you said, we mentioned we post talk for pre yeah. games, and and I've always kind of. Like some Giants fans, man, Jeremy Shockey, Mario Manningham. Yeah. I, I, you know, and they beat the Patriots. I, I, <laughs> I love that. Hey, I love hey, that. You know, like Did the, you? NFC, the NFC East is their Achilles heel, brother. I mean, I they, got me, they, they got me in 2005, but we got them back. So I like it, man. I like know, it. Yeah, man. So I'm, I'm very optimistic about your guys' team. I'm, I'm not drafting necessarily Daniel Jones. Um, but I like that man as a deep, as a late deep fourteen round guy. If he doesn't pan out, like you said, he's essentially free anyways. So yeah, I think it's, just a, it's yeah. a good partnership with a second quarterback. If you're drafting guys in the double digit rounds, if you're taking a 100%. late quarterback, you probably should. If you're going to wait that long on quarterback anyway, you probably should take two because those guys aren't guarantees. And you take yeah. your shot on guys. And Daniel Jones runs. The other thing about people don't realize too, before his injury last year, he was running a lot. He was going to get into that yeah. top five, six range for rushing yards for quarterbacks. So he just get he's that's another dimension to his game that actually brings up his floor. So he was so bad as a passer last year. He actually had and he still had 17 points per game. So if he improves at all in the passing game, that that rushing baseline is what you want in fantasy. Yeah, I agree. Right, I'm, I'm huge into rushing quarterbacks in fantasy football. Because you're a smart man, my friend. That's why. So uh, let's talk know. about let's talk about my Saquon Barkley. Um, now Good. Barkley, there isn't much to really break him down last year. I mean, listen, the guy got hurt right away, and that that Steelers game was just absolutely atrocious. So I'm going to yeah. give him 100 percent a full pass. Also, we noticed a couple things going on too with that offensive line early on in the season. There was some Joe Judge and Mark Colombo were having the butt heads a little bit. They finally got things figured out. We saw glimpses yeah. of the run game of Wayne Gallman down the stretch. So it's encouraging to see Wayne Gallman do well. If Wayne Gallman can put up points, that means I feel like Saquon Barkley would do well too. But Easy. when I'm yeah. yeah, exactly. But the thing about Barkley, he's going to he's going ECR right now, five, ADP eight. And ADP overall is eight. So he's going in the top eight because he should, right? But when I'm looking at Barkley, I don't – I have to pull out some data because Eli Manning is a little different than Daniel Jones. Eli Manning was very reliant on dumping off to the, the receivers, to the running backs, because he's not mobile. Mobile quarterbacks don't necessarily dump down as much. So when I went into this actual research, I actually was a little concerned. I was like, maybe Barkley's not going to be as good as I thought he was with Daniel Jones. Well, the good news is he's just as good. <laughs> so yeah, in the, yeah, eight yeah. Full, yeah, the eight full games in 2019 that he played, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, Barkley averaged 17.4 points per game in half-point PPR. Now, when you're looking in that compared to 2020 running backs, that's right around RB5 range. That's like Aaron Jones, a little bit better than Aaron Jones, but a lot lower than Derrick Henry. So he's not he's not close to the upper echelon. The Alvin Kamara's, the Delvin Cooks, no one's touching McCaffrey, but he's yeah. also about two points or so less than Derrick Henry. So there is a cliff still, but that 17.4 would have been better than guys like Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, etc. So he's still showing 
elite points per game production with Daniel Jones. Where are you drafting Barkley right now in drafts? Are you thinking he's top five or are you more, are you willing to take Henry, Kamara, Aaron Jones, Eckler, whatever? What's your thoughts on Barkley? Yeah, I, I hate to say it because, you know, I, I never root against a player. Um, I'm very optimistic, as I previously mentioned, that he can come back and perform at his highest level. But all my research I've done on injuries, knowing a little bit about paramedicine and, you know, orthopedics myself, um, you know, it's, his, his production is going to drop in one way or the other, you know, 15%, 10%. It's going to drop a little bit. Um, do I think he can come back and be productive? Absolutely. But is he going to be a top five running back? Yeah. There, I don't think I'm going to be drafting that as top five. I, right where you have him, eight, nine. Yes. Um, PPR, I can put him at seven, six. Standard, I'm going eight, nine. I just, I'm worried about the knee. I got to see it. Now I'm hearing some reports that they're not certain he's going to roll out week one. Yeah. Um, you know, I get it, man. These guys want to, these guys want to play, but you can't be like any given Sunday. Lawrence Taylor, hey, hey, give me the juice, coach. I want, I got to get my bonus. You know, you I like it. You, you, you can't do that. So they're game managing these guys these days heavily. Um, injuries, concussion protocol, it's 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 a different game. So it's not like you can just, you know, roll out there like Dick Buckets with the cast on these days, man. So that's yeah. what I'm worried about. Um, and, rightful, and rightfully so. And rightfully so. So yeah. to bake that into a top five as my first overall pick, I'm just going to factor that variable in and I'm going to say, no, I'm going to go with the Henry. I'm going to go with the Kamara. I'm even going to go with the Jonathan Taylor over him. I'm a Jonathan Taylor truther. Um, he's my guy. JT, um, yeah. You probably know that by now. So <laughs> yeah. JT, he's my boy. Um, so um, yeah, but no, I love Saquon, man. If he can come back and the team, like you say, can put everybody in a spot and they can get that magic going on, find that continuity, find their rhythm. Um, they can, they can, they can, the NFC is wide open. It's wide open. It really is. It really yeah. is. It's not a two-man show. It's it's a three, four-man show at the end of the day. Um, I'm optimistic about my coach, too, Nick Sirianni. Even as a first-year coach, I'm optimistic about the guy, man. I really am. Hey, whoa, don't you infringe on my team right now. We'll get to your Eagles, my friend, all right? We'll talk about Nick Sirianni. So that's good, man. And honestly, I think that's where it comes down to it. It's got you got to pull that trigger at the four, yeah. five, six pick. And I just don't know. I'm a big Austin Eckler fan. Uh, and PPR, mm-hmm. Austin Eckler all day over Saquon. But at the same time, in the back of your mind, he's just otherworldly special. He's probably this generation's Adrian Peterson on the talent level. Yeah. So it's hard to fade him. And it's always a bad idea to fade those guys. AP, remember, I think he had like a 2,000-yard rushing season after an ACL tear. So I, I get it. But I, I just think from the numbers I saw with Daniel Jones, I just feel more comfortable with him after pick five. I probably will. JT is maybe where I kind of draw the line. Maybe I don't even think I could draft Kelsey. But I would say six, maybe seven, right after Elliott in that range. All right, let's talk about um, Kenny Galladay. Perfect. Unless you got something else you want to add. Okay. Let's talk Kenny J. Uh, no, just, I was, I was, I was going to add real quick about Daniel Jones, like you say, being late value. Another way for fantasy to give your quarterback even more value is actually pairing them with the running back. You know, everybody likes to do that double up with their wide receiver and the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But pairing them, so these, these small guys that are paired up with these quarterbacks, these running backs, you take a Saquon, you wait on that quarterback, like you said, you get a 14th rounder, Daniel Jones, but he's got a stud muffin of a freaking running back. He's going to, they're going to benefit off each other, just like a wide receiver would. So it's kind of a good little, you know, strategy to, to employ 
if you want to take heavy running back and wait on quarterback or just go heavy with other skill positions and wait on that subpar quarterback there, that, that's, that's a strategy I like to do. All right. That's good to know, man. There's a couple probably other ones we can talk about later. All right. So let's talk Kenny G, man. So Kenny yeah, Galladay yeah. is, um, I do, I've done a lot of work on shadow coverage. Uh, and I've 2019 Kenny Galladay versus shadow coverage versus some of the best cornerbacks in football. The guy was absolutely dominant. He dominated some of the best cornerbacks in football when he's in wow. shadow coverage. And that's the thing about Kenny Galladay. He brings to the table. Now, originally when I was doing this, I, before my research, I'm not a big Kenny Galladay for fantasy, but I did find some things that made me a little more optimistic about him. But let's talk about where Kenny Galladay is going right now. So last year was kind of a lost year, you know, 11.2 points per game, 31 in points yeah. per game for wide receivers. But it was a lost year for Kenny Galladay. I'm willing to throw that out. ECR has him 23, ADP 26, overall 61. So he's going at in the top of the sixth round. Now, Kenny Galladay – is kind of giving me the warm and fuzzies of Stefan Diggs kind of like when Stefan Diggs went to the bills and how he went to an established team with a quarterback, okay. he's a quarterback, he's a free agent. And Stefan Diggs is one of the most efficient wide receivers. He just needed the volume and he got it. And then he exploded. This could be something where Kenny Galladay kind of falls into that. And I'm going to, I'm going to kind of share why I have that feeling. So I looked at Dallas number one receivers under Jason Garrett from 2007 to 2017 the final two years they didn't really have an elite number one so i was basically looking at terrell owens miles austin and des bryant so i wanted to see when they had that true elite guy where are the numbers falling for them so on average targets 133 which is more than anything galladay has gotten in, as in detroit so the 133 targets will be good for him they averaged 133 77 receptions 1138 yards 10.7 touchdowns, which comes out to 216 points in half-point PPR. That's a 16-game pace, and that's 13.5 points per game. That would have been the wide receiver 12 last year tied with Tyler Lockett. Those are the averages for the Terrell Owens, the Miles Austins, the Des Bryants under Jason Garrett. So when I was like, okay, well, and then my first thing is, now that I know the offense is conducive for an elite number one, is Daniel Jones going to be able to do this for him? One of the things that I, I looked at is the deep passing game. Kenny Galladay actually had 41% of his yards in 2019 from deep passes alone. So that's 20 yards downfield. Yards. He generated that. Yeah, so that's just – he's a big deep threat. Honestly, very underrated. League average for wide receivers is about 23%. So he is well above the league average when it comes to generating yards from the deep passing game versus their, his total. So that really brings me to Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is a – Great deep ball thrower. I did not know this. I'm sorry. When you watch games, he's so erratic. You don't realize it. His The deep passing percentage in 2020 was under 10%, not what you'd like to see. You would like to see him challenge defense more. But when he did go downfield, he had the PFF number three grade when it comes to deep passing. He was seventh in deep ball accuracy amongst all quarterbacks last year. So he's inside the top 10 when it comes to being accurate downfield. And now you give him a guy like the, Kenny Galladay, that sounds like me to a match made in heaven. I went from not drafting Kenny Galladay at all to I'm interested now at this five, six turn range, because I feel like if, if Daniel Jones can continue to improve as a deep roll thrower, like he, he proved it last year, top 10 in accuracy. You give him a weapon like Kenny Galladay, yeah, who's dominant yeah. in the deep passing game, two plus two equals four sometimes. And you might as well take the shot in the five, six turn. What are your yeah. thoughts? I love that. And you know, he's, he's a toss the ball up 
and go get it kind of guy. You know, he, he's roll out, extend the play. Like I said, use his legs. I mean, yeah. he's yeah. going to jump his verticals over any DB. He's going to manhandle some of these DBs. The NFL is a place where you can't even really blow on these wide receivers or your flies coming out. So do I think he's going to dominate this year? If Dan, A smart quarterback has the best player on the field. You throw the ball to the guy, plain and simple. Yep. I mean, that's that's what I would want to do. I, I'm sorry. I want to spread the ball around, maybe get some statistics. But when it comes to winning games, I want to put the ball in the best playmaker's hands on the field as often as I possibly can. And, you know, that's going to be Saquon. That's going to be uh, that's going to be Kenny G. So and if they can be productive, they're going to make Daniel Jones look really good. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm liking it. I'm liking Kenny G's spot. I think New York's the big show me state, you know, outside of Texas, but it is, man. He's going to shine. He's going to thrive there. I think he's going to fit in well. Um, New York's going to love Kenny G. You guys are going to love him. I already do love him. But the other thing about this whole situation, too, is that's what Kyler Murray and Josh Allen did last year. They got the new elite number ones, and those two guys were top two or three in targets last year. The quarterbacks just got it. I thought a lot of us would be like there would be like a little bit of time you know, for them to acclimate, but we really haven't seen too many elite prime number one wide receivers change teams. You know, when you really look at it over the last like 10 to 15 years, you can't really name that many guys. Yeah. Like Brandy, remember Randy Moss when he went to the Patriots? I think that went well. Remember yeah. Brandon Marshall? Brandon Marshall would change teams every year and he would still be good. So when he, when these guys are elite, they still produce. I think these young quarterbacks get it. Hopefully Daniel Jones, I've been reading reports that they're staying after practice and throwing. I love to hear that. So I'm actually buying Kenny Galladay now at the five six turn. When I literally just did a draft like last week and I passed on him, and now I'm like, damn, I should have passed on him. So, but it's, that's why we're doing the research in July. So August, when prime draft season, I'll be ready to go. All right, yeah, let's talk about five six turn. You, it, 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 it's it's a win win. It's it's yeah. He's gonna possibly give you wide receiver one numbers. It's it's potential yeah. there for that. So if you're getting, I mean, it's it's a win win, man. You know, it really is. He's definitely gonna outperform that ADP. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I agree, man. It just it gives me that feeling. Stefan Diggs, Stefan Diggs feels a little bit. And I don't think it's gonna be that that high of a ceiling, but kind really? of gives me those feels a little oh, bit, man. man. It I, does. Stefan Diggs, I love my Stefan Diggs. I called him. I called him. Only a few people heard me, of course. That's you know, one of those things. But I called him the next day when he got drafted. You know, I said that a lot to my brothers and a few other people. I was like, man, I watch that guy's gonna be the next Antonio Brown, and uh, he's 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 doing well. He's, he's That's coming amazing. Into his own. That's good, man. So let's talk about another Giants receiver, Sterling Shepard. And we're going to do this really quick. I only have one quick nugget that I just feel like has to be said. Listen, this is a – behind Kenny Galladay and Saquon Barkley, you have Shepard, you have Slayton, you have Tony, you have Rudolph, you have Ingram. Like You have so many guys that are going to be a part of the, the next tier of targets. I don't even – I can't confidently say that Shepard – I think Shepard will be the number two behind Galladay. I do think that's going to be the case. When I was looking at Dallas and under Jason Garrett, I just was interested to see how many double-digit wide receiver seasons, two in the same year under Jason Garrett. Okay, so I looked from 2007 again, and this time I went all the way through to see how many guys actually – because double-digit fantasy points in half-point PPR is kind of the borderline when it's like, okay, after that, these guys aren't really startable consistently. So only two seasons in 2011 and 2012 was the Cowboys offense able to generate two wide receivers in double-digit fantasy points. So it's a little concerning to me that that is it possible. Plus, with Ingram and Rudolph and Barkley, I just I'm just going to stay away from Shepard. I think it's going to be it's going to be Galladay, it's going to be Barkley for me, and then maybe Daniel Jones later. 
But that's just like the one thing I thought was interesting. I just don't see it. But are you interested in Shepard as a slot receiver in this offense? Not so much. Not so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is an easy I'm one. Shepherd. I just <laughs> – yeah. I'm not – I haven't touched him. I, I, yeah, I haven't touched him as of yet, to be honest. You know, I haven't really even looked at him, to be honest, Dom. You know, like you said, he's not like, you know, poof, and he's, he's pulled a magic Houdini trick or anything. But um, value-wise, he, he's going in a great place, you know, right now. He's that he's that deeper wide receiver pool for dynasties. You know, you got those three wide receiver leagues instead of two wide receiver leagues. So I can even flex him sometimes in those two flex wide receiver leagues. Um, mm. But I, I'm not taking him in my drafts right now. I'm not. Yeah, you know? he's going. He's going. So he's going outside the top sixty in wide receivers. Yeah, and he's going yeah. outside the one hundred and fifty at one hundred and seventy. So we're talking like sixteenth round in a twelve team yeah. league. It's it's deep. But I just – I think if you're going to do this, you have to look at Christian Kirk and John Brown and Cole Beasy from last year. These secondary guys once you bring in that new elite passer. So I just – Jason Garrett has never been a very pass-heavy coordinator in the first place. I don't see the pass volume being big enough to support – and the proof's in the pudding. I mean, he's been a, a play caller since 2007. And to only produce two yeah. seasons with two double-digit wide receivers – that's kind of like, listen, you know what? It's it's your, it's a not a good odds that it's going to happen. So I'm just going to look elsewhere for my late round flyer. Yeah, All right, let's talk. Who was those? Who who was that double digit guy? Was it either? Uh, was it it either was Beasley or was it was it Witten? It was no, no. Guy? It was it was Miles Austin in the first year. Des Bryant was incorporated. So it was like Des Bryant, Miles Austin. So my, it was kind of that transition year. Um, and the second that one I want to. Yeah, the second one, I think, off the top of my neck, I, I knew I should have written this down. Um, I think the second one was Terrence Williams had actually. No, I'm sorry. Um, oh, my okay. God. I forget his name now. Uh, I'll get you. I'll get you. After the show, we'll get you. I'll tell you. I, it was right, a random right. guy. It was like Laurent Robinson or something. Like Laurent Robinson had a year with Bryant. It was very strange. It was a random wide receiver. I'm telling you. It was, I'll get you the name. I'll get you the name. No worries. Yeah, I'll get you there. All right. Yeah, so uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about Evan Ingram, and this is going to be quick for me. I'm fading him 100%. Last year, this guy was not even remotely fantasy relevant, even with everything going his way. The injuries to the wide receivers, uh, he was basically no Barkley, the only yeah. show in town. He still finishes the wide a tight end 21 in points per game at seven points per game. That's not going to get it done with the amount of targets he was getting. Uh, ECR right now has him at 15. ADP has him at 14. He's at ADP 134. They brought in Kyle Rudolph. I have, I'm sorry, but that does not seem good to me. I, I don't know. Kyle Rudolph seems to me like the blueprint of Jason Witten, the type of tight end that Jason Garrett wants block and, and run for pass route second. He doesn't want this, like this, this, this glorified slot receiver at tight end, which is, is Evan Ingram. I'm upset because I loved Evan Ingram. He's a good, a talented player. He just doesn't block well. He's not a traditional tight end. I, I think he's better fit for a Pat Shermer and what they wanted to do back in the day. I just don't think that this is the offense for him. And it shows. Why would they bring in Kyle Rudolph, someone prominent like that? Um, so I just don't know if there's going to be enough uh, a volume for him. So I'm fading him completely. I don't even have him close to top 15. But what are your thoughts on Evan Ingram? Are you willing to take him as like a last-round last pick, as a flyer? He's going at pick 134 right now. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm completely fading him also. Um, just like you just mentioned, man. Same thing he did the year before last year also. Just injured, half the year, can't play, had opportunity with Shepard going out, had opportunity to be the next man up. Um, and he just couldn't, he just couldn't produce. Um, 
I was concerned about, you know, everybody was concerned about Eli Manning's last year. Let's bring Daniel Jones in. Oh, he looks just like Eli Manning, all the hoopla, you know, but he just hasn't done it. And he, like you said, he's not getting it done. Speaking of Rudolph and coming from a Kubakian system, a Gary Kubakian system where his son's still there in the Vikings, I'm thinking, like you said, what also is going to benefit Saquon because everybody wants Saquon to succeed. They want to put this guy in a position to play. They're going to, which the Vikings were the most 12th personnel heavy run team. Next to my Eagles, by the way, um, they might brought Kyle Rudolph in, who just came from the Vikings, knowing how to block, like you just mentioned, once a yeah. tight end to block. But they want to protect Saquon, man. They're going to be bringing a lot of two tight end sets, 12, 12 man personnel sets, and let Saquon do what he does, but give him an extra blocker to protect him, open up more lanes. You know, um, I think that's what their plan is going to be. And that's going to open up everything for everyone. Um, but Ingram, I'm not touching him. I I take Rudolph before I would take Ingram. Wow. I yeah. I'm just I'm out on it all. I just don't think it, it just it seems yeah. like it's too convoluted. And Daniel Jones is too big of a question mark. If it was Patrick Mahomes slinging it, I would maybe consider you know a yeah, pair of tight ends. Yeah. But it's it's difficult for two tight ends to produce. I mean the Eagles into yeah. well, well you know I'm not going to spoil my nugget. I have a good nugget about the tight ends of the Eagles. So I'm going to say but we're going to take a quick commercial yeah. break. Nick, I want you to take a deep breath, stretch out a little bit before we get into your Eagles, but I'm going to jump on and talk a little bit about another one of our sponsors. It's Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. If you guys are interested, you guys love hot sauce. It's a great new different way of hot sauce. Bomb Banana is a banana-based, not a banana-flavored. Seekthespice.com. You can get the Mui Mui or the original. Guys, I did this on air two weeks ago. I actually don't – I'm not a big hot sauce guy. And I'll tell you this, it's awesome. I love it. Now I've been taking it with my blue cheese, putting it on my pizza. I love this stuff. So if you guys are into hot sauce, go check out our friends over at Bomb Banana and use the promo code TCK to get 10% off your order. It's a banana-based, not banana-flavored. So, Nick, I'm bringing you back in here, buddy. Let me ask you this. Oh, man, we're, 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 we've lost them. <laughs> this podcast has gone rogue. No. <laughs> so I'm back. I'm no, back. Nick. No, I got you, man. So let me ask you this: Are you a spice guy? Oh man, one hundred percent. I'm a big cook. I actually even went to culinary school, became a chef about thirteen years ago. Um, long before, just one of those things. Um, I love to cook. It relaxes me. I'm in the kitchen just about every day. I got a big garden in the backyard. I got a big smoker in the backyard. I am all about throwing down, bro. Big time. I gotta get you. We gotta get you a bottle of speaks uh, of bomb banana. You gotta try it. Let us know how you feel. Since you got a better palate than sure. I do, what I'll do is I'm going to hook you up with that. We'll talk after the show. I'm going to get you a bottle of Bomb Banana Hot Sauce oh, as nice, a gift nice. for being on the show with us. So you let us know. Then we'll, we'll, we'll get you on air again. You do a little taste test for us, and we'll get it like a true point. But let's get into your Eagles while yeah. you're here. We know this is why you're here. Let's talk about your Eagles. And the first thing is the big news is, of course, the head coaching change to Nick Sirianni. Uh, bringing in Shane Steichen, who's the offensive coordinator last year for the Chargers. These guys were together for plenty of years in uh, San Diego, then L.A. They know each other very well. They both coached under Ken Wisenhunt and also Frank Wright for years. So this is an interesting combination, them coming together. The biggest news, though, other than that, is the offensive line getting healthy. I mean, Brandon Brooks, number one PFF run blocking guard from 2019. Huge loss last year. He's back. You also have Andre Dillard. We'll see if he's going to start. It sounds like he's going to be an open competition for left tackle. But Andre Dillard, first-round pedigree, good to see him back, coming back as well. But also Lane Johnson last year didn't even play half the games. He was out a bunch. Yeah, Jason Peters trying to bring him back into the fold. He's in his late 30s. A lot of movement. But seeing these guys come back 
is great news for the offense. It is. Also drafting a guy in Landon Dickerson, who obviously I think in his second-round pedigree could be a big guy for you guys, could be starting for you this year. We're not sure yet, but he could be another guy. He could be your eventual successor, maybe to Jason Kelsey at center. Not really sure, but at least gives you guys some depth at talent at the position. So if you do have these injuries, again, you have some talent. But skill position players, too, on top of that. Not much in free agency. Bigger things came in the draft. You bring in, of course, Devonta Smith, who love to get you. We're all excited about him. Top 10 pick. Um, you know, basically, you know, Heisman Trophy winner. Gotta love it. And then Kenneth Gainwell. I think that some people are talking about Kenny Gainwell as a potential, you know, problem for Miles Sanders. We'll talk about that in a little bit, too. But before we get started on the players, talk to us a little bit about Nick Sirianni, what you learned about him. What are your thoughts about everything going on there? So, you know, Nick Sirianni was not everyone's favorite coach to get picked amongst the people that we brought in. We brought in, um, you know, McDaniels. We brought him in from the Patriots. Great offensive coordinator for years for the Patriots. We didn't choose him. Um, Joe Lombardi, which thank God we did not choose him. I am not a fan of Joe Lombardi of all, yeah. at all. Who's now? Who now technically took Nick Sirianni's place on the Chargers? Hey, let him have him. That's that's the one downfall I have with Eckler and and Herbie this year, because when 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 that guy was on Detroit, man, he he was unimaginative. He was predictable. He was terrible. So I'm glad we didn't choose him. Nick Sirianni is is he's going to be the next guru, bro. You know, you mentioned the floor earlier. There's locker room skepticism. You've heard right. You know, in the last locker room skepticism we've heard was about Wentz, which we all knew was kind of unfolded and became true. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of convoluted information, as you said, about other things, and uh, it played itself out. I'm a big fan of Hurts. I'm a big fan of the running quarterback. I'm a big fan of that evolutionary position. Michael Vick changed the NFL forever. They started drafting faster, more lenient, lateral speed defensive ends when all that took place. They had to. They They literally revolutionized football. Nick Sirianni is going to be the next McVay. He's going to be this new imaginative wow. mind, man. He is. All he's right. going to be the next McVay. He's going to be the next Shanahan. He's going to be the next Shanahan. Yeah, he's unproven. But look, every coach in every sport that's a first-year coach is always – there's always some skepticism that's involved, right? Can yep. this guy manage this team? When Reed came when Reed came in in 99, he was 40 years old, the same age as Sirianni, and all the skepticism, I was 16 years old. And I remember thinking, man, can he can he manage these huge superstars like Dawkins, like Hughes, like, you know, the big-time names like McNett? Can, can he manage these guys? Can he control this locker room of these superstars? And 14 years later, you know the story. You know, nine playoff appearances. Oh, yeah. Two Super Bowl appearances. I mean, one Super Bowl appearance, definitely. Three NFC Championship appearances. Um he did pretty, did pretty well. Um, I'm glad to see the guy finally in the Super Bowl with Andy Reid, with, with the Chiefs. Sirianni, man, I, I'm, I'm stoked to have him because he is a product of Frank Wright. And I think everything that we've seen with the Eagles since Frank Wright left, we, we can see now that he was the real commander of the ship there. He really, really yeah. was. So Wentz yeah. probably is going to come back a little bit this year. He's going to do, do a little bit better. He's going to have eight games in a dome. No weather, no wind, you know. Um Sirianni's going to be great, man. He's going to do some things. His productivity with the wide receiver coach, the quarterback coach for the Colts, the Chargers and the Chiefs over the last decade, he's performed at levels that, um, you know, his win-loss record is not the best, but he's put out amazing stats with his players. You know, and also, like you said, the offensive coordinator we just brought in, Shane Sledgen, with them being together, three Pro Bowls with Phillip Rivers when he had them. 
you know, the wide receivers that he had, they all averaged, you know, around ninth in passing, averaged 382 yards per game. That was sixth in the NFL for five years straight, just about. Um, he's put out some productive, productive guys. So I'm happy that these two guys have come together. Yeah. Um, because I'm I'm excited about what they can bring, man. I'm I'm really hope hoping that they utilize their players. I I'm concerned about Miles and some other skill position players, but I think you're gonna get to that. But as far as I think Sirian is going to surprise the NFL. He's going to bring a lot of heat. You know, all that flip a quarter talk, that was all BS, of course. You know, that's just coach talk. He's having some fun. But coming from the yeah. Andy Reid tree, the Doug Peterson tree, all this, this same tree that has put out 50 good coaches from Ron Rivera to you, you name it, man. Andy Reid, it's going to be Andy Reid tree the last 15 years plus. Um, he's, he falls under that. So, I'm really optimistic, and I think he's going to take that right mentality that he brought to the Eagles. He's going to bring that back into our into Philly, and Philly needs it, man. We we need a fresh we need a fresh face. We need some we need it mixed up, you know. I, I hope that Hertz does not get traded with Deshaun. I, I like Hertz, and um, the off the field antics with Deshaun right now that would just indicate to me if we traded him, then we we are all obviously in like full rebuild mode. Yeah. So. Then, then I'm out on probably I'm, – I'm probably out on most Eagles because Nick Mullen's going to be the quarterback. <laughs> you know, Deshaun's Watts, Deshaun yeah. Watson's issue could play out for two years, man. It's, it's not like Tyreek Hill where it was one, one person. It, it's 20 or so. So if we actually trade for him and we get rid of Hurts, yeah, man, the Eagles are going to – it's not going to be good. But it'll, it, it'll finally – you know, writing will be on the wall. We'll finally know what's going on, which would be nice. You know, let's get into Hurts. Let's talk about him. You know, first of all, Hurts is, I think, the hype's, the hype is there. Uh, he's obviously right now going as a – technically an ADP is going outside the top 10 at 11, but ECR has him at 10. But he's being drafted consistently as a QB1 with three starts under his name. Yes, they were quality starts, but, you know, still. And he's going inside the top yeah. 100 at pick 87. So he is going right around guys like Rodgers and Stafford and Tom Brady – and he offers that rushing dimension. So is he the next Lamar Jackson? Talk to me about J- Jalen Hurts. What's your thoughts on him for this season? I love him, man. He's I liked him in college. You know, he is a very, very selfless guy. He's he's a captain that players are going to rally around. And like I just mentioned, we need the brother. We need that in Philly. It's one of the toughest towns to play. If you can play in Philadelphia, you can play anywhere in the league. Um, it's the kind of town where if you're not doing well in the games and you're losing games. And we see you out in the shop, shopping. We see you out out having dinner. We're, we're going to say to you, hey, what are you doing? Get, get your butt on the field. Yeah, <laughs> you, lost, you, lost, you lost last week. Philly, <laughs> so, baby. Yeah, yeah. The production, you said. The three-game the three game sample size we saw. What, 283 yards a game passing? It wasn't the best passing production. I think he actually ranked uh, about last in the league. Um, but his on-pace record for – 79.3 yards rushing per game. So call it round up 80 yards. That was an on pace 17 game for about 1,349 yards. Now, that's something that yeah. I don't know if can be sustained. That's amazing. To look at it like that, that's amazing. Um, his passing fishing definitely needs to come up, man. You, you can't be 54.9% passing efficiency and expect to win games overall because, you know, they're going to spy you. They're not going to let you run. So game over. Um, they're going to jam Devontae Smith at the line. They're going to jam the wide receivers at the line, and you're going to get sacked. So I'm optimistic about him, though, because I think as your Giants are going to be, Sirianni and this guy, Stiking, they're going to put the players in the right position. Um, 
I'm very optimistic about Hurts. Now, the dreaded second year, like you said about the quarterback, the dreaded second year cap, even for Cam Cam Newton, for Michael Vick, was uh, they didn't eclipse 660 yards in their second year mm. as rushing. Rushing, yeah. I definitely think Hurts can. Yeah, I definitely think Hurts can beat that. I, I can see him hit 750 yards, 800 yards easy. Um, thousand yards obtainable, but we'll see. I, I, I think the Eagles, like I said, it's a very going to be very competitive division. A lot of game scripting involved. Um, Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell are going to be involved. Kenneth Gainwell, man, he is a little Swiss Army knife, and I'm very excited about the guy because you know Miles has also been hurt a little bit too much for me. But when he's on the field, he's amazing. He's he's got shifty yeah. feet. Um, he can get the job done. But they're going to interject uh, Gainwell a lot this year. Guy's been a player since high school. Let me tell you, wow, unbelievable stuff. Gotcha, I've man. researched on him. I'm I'm actually fairly impressed. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get. Trust me, man. We got you. I'm going to get you to every player. We're talking about every eagle. We got you on this. But let's talk, just a couple things about Jalen Hurts. I want to bring up to the bring the point here. When you look at the quarterbacks that Nick Sirianni has had. Dating back to his days in, in Kansas City, Matt Castle, Phillip Rivers, Andrew Luck. It's yep. just been state like not mobile quarterbacks. But the one season in 2019, they had Jacoby Brissett, who's a little more mobile than most guys. He actually was ninth in rushes, yeah. 12th in rushing yards, and fourth in rushing touchdowns. So it showed that they're willing to adapt their offense right. a little bit to Jacoby Brissett. And now you infuse like it's a Jacoby Brissett on steroids with Jalen Hurts. So I do like that from that standpoint. But one of the things I want to temper expectations on is you have to look at his games individually because in six points per passing touchdown leagues in the three starts he made, he had 21.1 points per uh, 21.3 points per game uh, points QB 13 that week. Then he had the QB one week goes off 43 points. Awesome. Love to see that upside. But then the next week, yeah. he goes QB 17, 20 points. So it's it's fine. I love his rushing ability. It gives you that safe floor. That's the what you're kind of buying, though. He's going to give you that floor right around low-end QB 1, high QB yeah. 2. But then he gives you those shock weeks that can win you a week. So that's what you're paying for. So he might not be consistently top 5, top 6. You might be dealing with some lower-end numbers as he develops as a passer, develops with Devonta Smith and these other receivers and the tight ends. But at the same time, you got to love the fact that he can give you the weak winning week. And that's a lot of quarterbacks can't do that. He can because of his legs. So that's just another thing I thought I'd bring up with Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump into Miles Sanders, no, I, my I friend. Love that, man. I, you know, he... No, you tell me, hey, listen, man, this is your team. You tell me what you want to talk about. You want to talk a little bit more about Jalen Hurts? You know, Barkley. Miles, both my Penn State, both my Nittany Lion, Nittany Lion Cats. You know, All right. I was so mad when you guys got Saquon, but I'm so I was so happy when we got <laughs> yeah. Miles. Um, man, what I'm I, I had Miles so high last year. I really, really did. I think I was one of the guys that had him. I think I had him top ten, um, you know, amongst a few other people. Not too many people, but I was one of a few. And uh, just we just didn't look good, man. You know, Wentz, like I said, our offensive line fell apart. We suffered all the injuries. Everybody suffered for it. Um, so I'm wondering this year what the plan is. Like I said, there's a lot of new coaching scenes. I'm trying to look into the 12-man personnel as well. Now that Zach Ertz is coming back, and yeah, right. I, I'm That's really crazy. happy for Goddard, man. I, I've been I've been taking Goddard everywhere. Um, but it, it it is that passing of the torch. It is. It's it's just like, you know, Ertz took it from Selleck. Um, you know, Goddard's going to take it from Ertz now. And yeah. Philadelphia tight ends for the last 10, 12 years have been very, very productive tight ends. So I'm, I'm very excited about Goddard with or without Ertz there. Um, 
Sorry, I know I did. We're on Miles Sanders. But, <laughs> That's all right. I'm just letting you go, Miles man. Sanders this is your show, dude. Miles, Let's do it. <laughs> Miles, Miles, Miles Sanders, man, he needs he, he needs to be a little bit better. If you really, really take out that big, big game from uh, you know, that big out breakout run for Pittsburgh, his his average yards per game, man. You know, he had another week. I think it was week 12 or something. He had averaged 8.3 yards per game against Baltimore. Even another really, really great run defense. So the two teams he really produced against were great rush defensive teams. But then he had 2.7 yards per game, 3.8 yards per game. The rest of the season, you know, very uh, a lackluster, you know, just not what you expected. So he's not – I'm taking him in the back of the third round right now, um, yeah. maybe mid-third round. But I'm not really drafting him, to be honest with you. I'm kind of off him. I'd rather take a CEH right there. I'd Whoa, we'll put you, we're like going to put you on the clock game. later, man. We're putting you on the clock with Miles Sanders. Don't you forget, man. Don't spoil it. We already know you just spoiled Miles Sanders. We know you're not taking him. Damn it, man. Come on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. I did I Uh, actually I listen, I I, Miles Sanders to me, I I actually did a spotlight on him. I did a lot of research on him because there's a lot of noise about Kenneth Gainwell. And if you actually just look at Nick Sirianni and how they actually use Naheem Hines with guys like Marlon Mack. It's like a perfect example. Like they came in in 2018, they drafted Naheem Hines in the fourth round of that year. He Naheem Hines comes in, he gets 63 targets. Marlon Mack still finishes at RB 11 in points per game that season. The next season, RB 20 with Jacoby Brissett. You know, so there's and then Jonathan Taylor last year, monster season, but Naheem Hines was still a top 24 back in half points in full point PPR leagues. Yeah. There's room for two guys in this offense, and it's been proven. It's proven. Marlon Mack is not even close to the talent that Miles Sanders is. So I think people need to just. It's the real question comes: Are you willing to take Miles Sanders over, you know, a top ten wide receiver like a what, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Allen Robinson, even high Terry McLaurin? That's where the question comes. If you really need that running back, of course you're going to take Sanders, but I don't think he's going to do better than guys like Allen Robinson and, of course, Terry McLaurin. So that's the problem I have with Miles Sanders. But from when it comes down to it, he's going to be a top 20 back. I think it's ridiculous people think he's not going to be a top 20 back. All they do is produce top 20 backs with Nick Sirianni. Yeah, you, you know, the days are gone of – not every team has a Derrick Henry, man. Not every team yeah. has that Zeke or that that Le'Veon, you know, in, in their prime, that, that AP – so the teams that don't have those guys, those rock pounders, those bruisers, the days of having that one, the, the days are old. They're gone. Those are days mm-hmm. of old. They're the days are now of two running, two running backs, and it's rightfully so. You could talk about the whole hoopla with James Robinson and Travis Etienne. I mean, it was smart. I know he wanted Kadarius Tony, so you guys nabbed him. That was that was at least what he said, rumor wise, out on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Who knows how you know that really is true? But man, he got Travis Etienne. He's got continuity with Trevor Lawrence. He knows timing. He's got those things down. But he's not going to, just like you're saying, he's, he's not going to come in and supplant James Robinson, just like Gainwell's not going to come in and just supplant Miles. There's just room for both of them. They're both going to be productive. Um, Gainwell's, man, he's a little Swiss Army knife, so I'm, I'm very excited about what he can see. Um, but will he take some stuff from Miles? He absolutely will. They're, they're going to utilize him a lot. And uh, yeah. I can talk about him. And, uh, yeah, let's go. Just go right into Kenny Gainwell. He's, he's just I'm inside really the top 150. So, like, he's being drafted. So, are you willing to take him in yeah, that range? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm loving him, man, in that range. Um, um, especially this year with the 18-week schedule. You know, especially playoff teams. If there's playoff teams, if the Eagles can make it to the playoffs or 
I think other teams are going to sit more of their stud players more than ever before. I also think that with this extra extended week, of course, not an extra bye week or any kind any kind of thing of rotation worked into the, you know, to the divisions, there's going to be more opportunities for these young rookies to come in and perform because there's going to be more rest required for the guys that are getting the starting roles towards the end of the year. These younger yep. rookies are going to come in and have a lot more opportunities this year than they ever did before. So I'm taking rookies in drafts more than I've ever done before. Man, Kenneth Gainwell going back to high school. Talk about a little Wes Welker. Talk about a little Taysom Hill, a little Swiss Army knife. The guy put up over like 1,600 yards, 10 touchdowns with as a quarterback. As a quarterback. And he also did 1,400 yards and 20 touchdowns with his legs. Um, he did that for about two years in high school. Gets over to Tulane, goes to college, throws, kicks butt there, transfers over to Memphis, you know? Kills it there, man. I mean, he can do it all. He can do it all. He can he can quarterback. He can running back. He is a complete Swiss Army knife, Cordell Stewart kind of player. Um, nice. I'm all really right. excited to see how they utilize him. I I I hope I hope they, you know, it's like the argument with Cam Akers versus Antonio Gibson. Now Cam Akers is gone. They're both amazing running backs, right? Ron Rivera, who came with come from CMC, comped a Gibby to, to CMC. Okay, that one comment alone thrusted his ADP. It really did. That oh, one yeah. comment alone did. But which coach, they're both amazing values, both amazing talents going right around the same same spot. Which coach is going to use their guy right? That's what it comes down to. I'm a big person on utilization. I want to see coaching schemes fit with players and put their players in the best position to win because you got to utilize their strengths. You really mm-hmm. do. You got you to bring it, man. You, you know, and, and Sirion is going to bring this fresh new, like I said, he's going to be uh, the new Sean McVay on the tablet before anybody else was on the tablet. He's I like it. Some kind of new, like, virtual reality headset on. Everybody was like, what, what's he doing on that tablet, man? <laughs> and now yeah. everybody's doing it. <laughs> All right, man. Listen, I like you. This is why we bring guys on to talk about their teams. You're bringing that passion. That little, but let's talk about somebody that you probably should be really hyped yeah. about, Devonta Smith. Uh, your first round pick, uh, you know, this, Ooh, so man. as a rookie, you know, we've seen more rookies like Justin Jefferson, CD lamb, you know, hit the ground running and blow up and do great. Now I've done some research on draft capital and the fact that he's a top 10 receiver, yeah. it's a it's better than a 50, 50 shot that he's going to succeed. So that's good news from a success standpoint. Um, obviously chase is probably the one guy we think is going to succeed. Then it comes down to him and Waddle. I, my money's on Smith. But what are your thoughts about Devonta Smith year one? Do you yeah. think he can make a Justin Jefferson-esque type of impact? Or do you see him maybe taking a year or two to kind of develop into more of a prominent role uh, for fantasy purposes? I think he can make an immediate impact, especially with a running quarterback like Hurts. Um, I've done a huge – another write-up on Devontae Smith. I've, I've showed, you know, from Matthew, Matthew – uh, not Matthew Berry, sorry, uh, from Matt Harmon's reception projection – I showed that he is actually more efficient and more productive at every other route, even Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Terrace Marshall, Rashad Bateman. Um, And when I got a lot of commentary on that post, once everybody was like, hey, where do you get these stats from? I said, Matt Harmon, man. Everybody, okay, he's legit. And, you know, I reached out to him via DM. I said, hey, is it okay that I use these stats? He said, yeah, just just reference a link back to my page for the, you know, reception perception, and he let me throw it up. And as soon as I dropped his name, everybody was kind of like, oh, okay. But 
you know, the proof, like you said, is in the pudding. If you're going to show the stats, show the, show the right stats. Uh, yeah. And I did. And he's the first unanimous Heisman Trophy winner as a wide receiver in 30 years next to Desmond Howard. Um, who did it before that? Tim Brown. You know, Tim Brown did it before that. There's been four wide receivers yeah, that won the Heisman Trophy, man. And this guy just did it in a COVID year. Killed the, the national championship game. Three touchdowns, 230-something yards. His spectacular catch rating is going to be 99 in Madden next year. Watch. He's going to be in Madden 22 with a spectacular catch rating of 99. Love it. I mean, the balls that he goes up and gets, the balls that he goes up and gets, I mean, I know Jamar does the one-handers, but I can do that too, bro. I, I can catch the ball one-handed too. I really can't. I really can't. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't jump up. I can't jump up. I can't jump up. And That's all right, man. Sorry, right. and, and and I can't do that. I, I can't, you know, I'm sorry. I can't do that for you guys. I can't jump I up and elevate you. and focus and turn around and, and tap my toes down. I mean, the kid's amazing, man. I'm I'm excited about him. His his size isn't something I'm concerned about. His uh like I said, you can't you can't even touch the wide receivers in the NFL. What am I worried about? I mean, is yeah. he gonna take a hit over the middle? He'll find out real quick. You know they're gonna beef him up. He's gonna be eating. They're, 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 he's getting his weedies. He's eating rice and beans, and I'm sure he's he's bulking up. He's gonna put 10, 20 pounds on before the season. I would think, man. I I see he goes into the season weighing at least one ninety. You know, he should weigh one eighty five, one ninety going into the season. So the one thing I'm I will hoping. say that I I'm I'm encouraged about is they just Nick Sirianni was just part of a coaching staff with a guy T Y Hilton. Smaller guy, 5'10", 183, yeah. not the biggest guy, but they made sure to put him in the right positions, just like you talked about. You want to see utilization, how they use these guys. T.Y. Hilton, for example, they used a lot in the slot. They gave him 28% in the slot in 2018 to 19, 18% in 2020, which is a little bit lower than you want, but he was still being utilized in the slot. But then his slot targets, 31% of his targets were in the slot 25, 22. So they're using them away from those outside perimeter corners, getting them off press man. Unique stuff like that is going to help Devonta Smith. And I think Nick Sirianni is smart enough to do that. That's why I think Devonta Smith right now, he's going in like the eighth, ninth round. He's not even going that high. And he's probably the last true wide receiver one for fantasy purposes going on a team. So it's worth the shot, especially because he's probably without a doubt the slam dunk number one on this team. All right, let's talk about Jalen Rager, my yeah, friend. Yeah, you know he, he is a number one of this team. Let's do it. Let's do it. I love Rager too, man. He just he needs to perform. He needs to perform better. Um, also, another letdown last year. Uh, but with switch it with with Smith being on the field, also he's going to open up some stuff for Rager. He's going to yeah. open up the middle of the field a little bit. Um, you can blow by those linebackers. He's going to take that safety over the top. Smith's going to take that safety over the top. And allow Rager and Godert, Goddard. Sorry, I still say it wrong. I, I think I just started making fun of him, calling him Gogert or something. <laughs> there you go. There um, you go. Yeah, man, they're going to take the safety off the top. They're going to take the safety off the top, and the middle of the field is going to be wide open for Goddard. It's going to be wide open for Rager. Um, I liked Fulgham last year, man. I really liked what he had going on there for four or five games. I do. I liked what he had going on. He had a little connection. He was about the only quarterback that had a connection with. <laughs> Wentz. He really, he really was. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's a little speed demon. He, he can get, he can get in the field. He just, he, he's an open field runner. I don't know if he's at, you know, streak down the wide receiver fade kind of guy. Um, he's not the best route runner as of right now. 
He needs separation. He needs he needs uh, zone coverage. He's not the best in man coverage. He doesn't have the necessary footwork, I think, like like a Devonta Smith. You know, Devonta Smith has that that quick coverage footwork, that speed with his long stride is very deceptive for defensive backs to gauge his start to full speed. It's and that's why he's able to blow by people the way he is. Um, yeah. That's how Randy Moss was. That's the, those guys that are lanky, like they have that deceptive stride and it just makes them, their speed is completely different. Um, where Rager, you know, a little short, like, you know, a little compacted dude, you can, you can hang with him. But I think if we can, like I said, we, we, we make a connection. I'm just curious, like you said, man, I'm, I'm really wondering if only three games, it's not that second year, like a Daniel Jones. It's not that second year continuity. It was three games. It was three games, and now it's three games with only a new coach. So we might start yeah. off slow. I'm hoping we're gonna uh, we're gonna have to make a last season, probably a halfway point season push to take the division if it's gonna happen. Um, we got a lot of young talent. We are the youngest team right now in the NFC East. Um, it just needs to come together, bro. It needs to come together. So there's a lot of you know there's what? a lot of a lot of potential in the Eagles. But, yeah, I think the other thing with mobile, mobile quarterbacks, too, is it does limit how many guys can truly be fantasy relevant with mobile quarterbacks. I love mobile quarterbacks for the actual player. Not exactly. necessarily great for the receiving and running backs. It does detriment because they are taking away plays and potential for those guys. So that's one thing to factor in. But let's move into the tight ends. Dallas Goddard, I, it sounds like you're already hyped on him. Um, but what are your thoughts? With Ertz coming back now, are you still excited? Yeah. He's going currently today. Uh, he's going as consensus the number seven tight end off the board, ECR number seven. He's going at pick 82. That's right around the back of the seventh round. Are you still willing to take Goddard there knowing Ertz is coming back? Yeah, man, I am. I'm very high on Goddard. Everything I watch in him, it's, it's like when he catches the ball, he floats on the field. He's got great hands. A uh, couple drops last Fair, Not too often. Um, Ertz was actually dropping balls last year. He was making some drops. Mm. Um he was probably outside of Fulgham the next, you know, he was the second best productive player on the Eagles last year. Um, I'm very excited about him, man. He's he's going to take that leap. I think he'd be a top five tight end. Um, I'm looking forward to him putting up numbers that are going to bring him somewhere probably around 70, 80 receptions. I'm hoping for seven, eight touchdowns. I'm also hoping that they can, if they're bringing Ertz back, let's run some 12-man personnel. I want to see that 12-man yeah. personnel. I like that. I want to see Miles and Kenneth succeed. So, Fulgham's going to take, once again, like I said, he's going to take that wide receiver. He's going to take that DB. He's going to take that safety off the top. So, the field should be wide open this year. The middle of the field should be wide open. He can blow by linebackers easy. So, um, I like it, man. When I when I first did, started doing drafts, I was getting Goddard in probably the eighth or ninth round, honestly. Yeah. So now for him to be in the seventh, he's he's bumped up a little bit. He's definitely increased a little bit. Um, but I'm still pulling the trigger on him. I am. He, okay. He's probably the most drafted player I have right now. All right. So is. my thing is, my thing is this: it. with the when you oh. look at this, if you look at the seven games last year that Ertz and Goddard actually played together on the field, played together, it's they mirrored each other almost exactly. I mean. Targets, 42 for Ertz, 41 for Goddard. Yeah. Uh, receptions, 24 for Ertz, 29 for Goddard. Goddard obviously was the more productive player, but they capped each other because Goddard only averaged 7.6 points per game and half point PPR, and Ertz was at 6.4. That's not going to get it done. That's not eighth-round tight end production that you need to yeah. get. You need to see him it, it kind of – now, granted, 
This is the type of offense. Nick Sirianni, the one thing I worry about, too, is they have rotated tight ends last year in Indy. They had Trey Burton. They had Jack Doyle. They had Mo Ali Cox. And those guys all got capped out because they were using three guys constantly. So that, you know, Richard Rodgers is still on the roster. I mean, I could see them doing some crazy stuff with him on there, whatever it is. So my thing is – Yeah. Yeah, so my thing is the one, one thing about this offense, you would have to get to that 2019 level. You actually did – in pass plays – you went up to 51% for two, two tight end personnel. So I looked on this, and it's like that's unheard of, right? Usually it's about 33%, 35%. That's high. 51% yeah. in 2019 is what yeah. you're going to need to have two tight ends and have one produced. So that season, Goddard averaged eight points per game. Ertz, 11. So it's doable, but then you're, you're basically having half your pass plays. Mm-hmm. You have to bank on the outlier. You have to bank on the fact that they're going to go 12 personnel pass plays 50% of the time. So these guys are on the field enough and not canceling each other out. So it gives me pause. I think that's why I used to love Goddard, but the fact Ertz is back, I think I'm fading him. All right, man. So listen, yeah, that's, listen. That's, that's, that's very sound logic. Um, <laughs> right. You know what, dude? All right. As the last thing, I promise you, we're going to put you on the clock. Now, I don't have all the time in the world to do all these. So I'm going to ask you. Which guy you want to be on the clock for? Do you want to do Miles Sanders, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, or would you rather do Jalen Hurts? Which round do you want to do? Well, since I already technically did Miles Sanders. <laughs> yeah, we can't do that one. <laughs> let's do uh <laughs> you know let's, let's, do let's, let's do Travis Fulgram, bro. Let's do Travis Fulgram. Travis Fulgram? That's not even an option. <laughs> yeah, do it. No, no, no. Listen, no, no, we're not doing No, that. I'm joking. No, 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 no. I got you. Let, let, you know. Let, Let's do, let's do two for one. Let's do Dallas Goddard and Devonta Smith. They're going right next to each other. Might as well. Two for one action here. We're in the seventh round, okay? You're in the middle of the seventh. Right. You've got guys like Jerry Judy, Raheem right. Mostert, Melvin Gordon. you got your two boys, Devonta Smith and Goddard in this range. Tyler Boyd, Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. He just signed in Matthew Stafford. You're on the clock. Are you taking one of your Eagles or are you pivoting in the back of the seventh round? I'm, I'm probably going to go ahead and pivot. Honestly, I'm a, okay. All right. um, I'm a huge, huge, I love, I love Jerry Judy. So that, that's where I'd be pulling my trigger. Okay. Um, I nice. wouldn't touch Raheem. I, I think Raheem probably, I think Raheem probably has six to eight games left in him. Um, that's why I like Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon's okay. going to come on, you know, halfway through the season. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to pivot on Jerry. I like Jerry. All right. And I, I, I don't know if you've been seeing what he's doing, but <laughs> Judy's looking nice. So um, Teddy I'm, B, high man, on, he's... I'm high on Smith, but look, the Eagles haven't put, Dude, the Eagles haven't put out a thousand yard wide receiver since Jeremy Macklin in 2014. Okay. And he was the yeah. last one. The last one before that was a decade, you know, a decade before. Not, you know, I mean, so well, six years before D Jacks. But I mean, dude, it was, it's just they had they don't put up one K wide receivers. We haven't. It's it's the tight ends that succeed. It really has been the tight ends to succeed in Philly. Yeah. All right, man. Listen, you know what? So I'm I, 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 re- I appreciate you, the, the thoughtfulness, pivoting away from your Eagles, and I that just shows how honest you are, and that's why I appreciate you, man. Going to Jerry Judy. By the way, love Jerry Judy. Love the pick. I would be, I'm on board with you on this pick. But before we go, I just want to do one more thing. Before we go, I'm going to do one more ad, and I'm going to get you. I want to make sure we talk a little bit about you where we can find you. So one of our, our sponsors is Jersey Jungle. So Jersey Jungle, guys, if you, if you guys during this season – um, if you guys are looking for the New Jersey's, you got a Devonta Smith. You know, we got a guy on here who's an Eagles fan. We got to go to the Jersey Jungle, get you a Devonta Smith jersey. All you got to do right now, guys, they're on Instagram. You go to uh, Jersey Jungle on Instagram. You can DM them. 
And then you could actually use the TCK promo code. Tell them we came and sent you. Get 10% off for one jersey, two jerseys, and 15% off three jerseys using the TCK promo code. The best part is, guys, in a couple weeks, I'll be uh, I'll be repping a Kenny Galladay jersey. So I'm backing it up, repping some Jersey Jungle jerseys. But if you guys Woo! have the chance before the season, <laughs> get yourself a fresh jersey. Go to Jersey Jungle and use that TCK promo code. Nick, before we get out of here, tell us where people can find you. Tell us about some of the things you're doing. Give us a little insight about what's going on over there. Awesome, man. Hey, man. Well, first and foremost, I want to say thank you guys all for having me on tonight. Um, if I was able to provide any insight for you, I, I, I hope I was. Um, you guys can find me over on Instagram. It is the only social media platform I have, um, as of now, anyways. Um, fantasy football guy. I know it's a little hard to yep. say. That's it. Just fantasy football guy. Um, I'm all about charity, guys. Um, I love being able to, if I can utilize fantasy football to bring awareness as a conduit, and bring awareness to wigs for kids like I'm doing a charity for, you know, hence my bald, you know, kids that are dealing with alopecia, you know, um, balding secondary to having to have chemotherapy treatments and stuff like that. You know, these kids, you know, it's, it's, it's a very insecure thing for them. And I want to be able to provide for them. And we raised almost a thousand dollars last year. Um, we have some big name celebrities this year in the league. Um, the guy, Yuri, who streaked across the football field in the Super Bowl game last year in the pink G string, we got him. Um, we got this, we, nice. we got the we got the sons and four guy in the league. Um, we have cool. an ex, we have an ex UFC fighter, and then you know we have some big time animals. Um, I'm excited about that. I'm also cool. doing a firefighter charity league, so we're doing that. We're going to raise money for the fallen firefighter fund. Um, you know, a lot of those hot shops and stuff over there, the Granite Mountain guys. So just just trying to raise money for the families. You know, and, you know those guys aren't home. You know, me me being a former firefighter, this charity kind of really hits home to the heart for me. So. Um, I'm happy to be starting that one up. It's the first year. Um, also, guys, I've I've become an affiliate with uh, two companies. Um, first and foremost, they just got picked up on Shark Tank by Mark Cuban. You guys all know him, the infamous Mark Cuban. It's called Trophy very Smack. Nice. They're a very, very big new trophy uh, fantasy football trophy and championship belt company. And if you guys want to head on over this year and, you know, get your very, very customizable trophies and championship belts, they can customize them to your league. They're throwing you guys this year. We're, we're comping you guys all for a free championship ring that you can wear out and about and, you know, throw in your, your, your league mates' faces. So uh, that's, a, that's a great promo code right now you guys can do. Get on over there and get some championship belts and trophies. Just a FF bald guy. And there you go. Also, secondary, I got one last thing. If you guys like FanDuel, if you guys like DraftKings, I just partnered with the fastest growing site called Monkey Knife Fight. And they're awesome. They got some prop games on there where you get to bet on individual players. It's a lot of fun. A um, little difficult. I've, I've proven to be a little difficult for me because it's, you know, not like a normal, <laughs> not like a normal uh, site, but um, it's a lot of fun, guys. And it's the fastest growing site in the country right now. And uh, sign on up. I hope you guys can all play and have fun this year, make a little money. And uh, I've really appreciated you guys having me on today. It's been awesome. Hey, thanks, Nick, man. Listen, dude, this was episode yeah, 421, breaking down the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. Once again, guys, you can follow us everywhere, Twitter, Instagram, put that shit down. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, this was a great episode, guys. Really appreciate Nick being on. Guys, we'll definitely yeah. be back later this week. Sky's going to be dropping a couple episodes on the Cowboys and also talking a little bit about the fourth team, the Washington football team. So this is Bobby Lamarco, episode 421 in the books. For Nick, for Bobby, appreciate you guys. Join us back soon.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.